Well, welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. My name is Pete Wilson, and I'm joined by my wife, Jordan Wilson. Hello. How are you? Good. Merry Christmas. I know. We can say it, like, (laughs) unapologetically now. I know. We're such, like, Christmas freaks. We were ready on October 31st at midnight, but... But now we're on the other side of Thanksgiving. And we hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. We did, yeah, didn't we? absolutely. It was awesome. Got to spend great time here with the kids here in Nashville. Then we got to go down and see your family in Georgia. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Carbs. Lots and lots of carbs. I fried my first turkey. Big success. It, but it, it could have also been a massive failure. But we won't go it there. It could have. But why would we focus on that? It turned <laughs> out amazing. We burned nothing down and had awesome time. True, true, true. So, yeah, it was great. So, anyway, excited about today. This is episode seven. Yep. And we're calling this a thrill of hope. The thrill of hope. Before we dive into that, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. I know. Let's get going. Um, we got Dream Year kicked off. Yeah, we kicked it off last week. I am so excited about it. Dream Year is this, uh, I've been working on it probably now about three months. This whole concept of inviting people who might have a dream or a goal that they want to chase after in 2021 and it's like i just i think i said this last time but like the the average uh is like 10 percent of all new year's resolutions that are successfully achieved for sure and it's like man i I just think people's dreams and goals are far too important Mm -hmm. to leave to a faulty system Mm -hmm. and uh so we've kind of developed this 12-month framework where for 12 months we're going to meet together go through your dreams and goals and hopefully set you up to achieve every single one of them. Yeah, so, and that starts in January. We didn't kick it off like kick off the, right. Yeah, the experience. it starts in January. The sign-ups are I'm live. limiting it to 20 people because yeah. I want it to be just very customized and really build a kind of take a deep dive into what you might be going through and what you're trying to achieve. But it's filling up fast. Mm-hmm. And just to throw out a couple names: Stephen from Virginia, Kelly from Tennessee, Mark from Oklahoma have all signed up to be a part of it. And uh, like, what excites me about seeing starting to see names is uh, I can't wait to talk. I cannot wait to find out what their like, dreams dream? are, what their goals are, yeah. how we're going to dive in and go after it. And um, I don't know. I think twenty twenty one is going to be an awesome year. It is. It's going to be great. I'm excited so for it. It's not too late uh, yeah. to be a part of that. Uh, what's the website? Theplaceforgood.com. You'll see Dreamier everywhere. Just click on Dreamier, um, and it gives you more information. There's a video talking more about it, and then a place to sign up or contact us for more questions. So Yeah, it's so good. it's going to be awesome. Also, oh my gosh, I'm really excited about this. This has been a dream of yours for a long time. Yeah, it has. So you want to talk about this? Sure. Okay. Give Good? So we're doing something called Give Good. Um, this is not a new concept, but we're excited to have like this platform to be able to do it through. Um, Pete and I have a huge heart for just being generous and giving back. And this Christmas season, we want to do that and we want to invite you guys to be a part of it. So um, we're doing the whole like Venmo challenge. If you guys are TikTok people, you've probably seen it. There's a few people who have just done some really cool things with Venmo. Um, Pete, you've historically done a lot of things with, um, you know, asking people to give small amounts of money and doing something really cool for it with it. But now we have this really cool tool, Venmo. So we want to do that. And we're inviting you guys to give um, to, we have an account for, um, for this is called, or the, um, actual account name is good talk, but with the dash in the middle. So good dash talk. We'll Venmo. put this on our socials on Venmo. Good dash talk. Yeah. And you'll see Pete's name on it. Um, but we're inviting you to give like a dollar, $2, whatever you want to give $5. Let's, um, but keep it small because the, the whole idea is what can happen when a bunch of us come together yeah. and just give a dollar or $5 and then we go out and just 
We're going to bless somebody. Really bless somebody. And we'll record the whole thing and share it with you guys so you can see what we did as a Good Talk community. Yeah, I'm so excited. We'll report yeah. like how much we raised, um, especially yep. if you follow us on socials. Like We'll report like the progress of it. I'm just really excited. Pete and I used, like to do this together you know, on our own um, previous to this, but now I'm just really pumped to do this with a group of people. So we would yeah. love for you guys to do that. It's on Venmo. Again, look up Pete's name and the username is good-talk. Um, and obviously you guys can reach out if you yeah. can't find and it. And obviously a hundred percent of it goes to, Oh yeah. We're not going shopping. To the project. <laughs> We're not going shopping yeah, for ourselves. No. Yeah. It's all going to go to that project. Um, hundred percent of it will. And, uh, we're just, we're excited. So we'd love, love, love to invite you to that. We'll probably um, collect for what, maybe two weeks or so, and then we'll go yeah, out. Actually, and probably only about a week. Okay, we'll do a week. Week or so. We'll let you know, but just go ahead and do it now. Then you don't yeah. have to worry about it. Cool. Yeah. So we, it is full on Christmas, and that gets me excited because uh, all about the whole giving thing. And then um, our Christmas tree, I'm staring at our Christmas tree right now. We, we yeah. changed our set a little bit if you're watching on YouTube. We just moved over a couple feet in front of the fireplace, stockings, all that. But straight across from us is this unbelievably gorgeous Christmas tree. He's emphatic about how gorgeous it is because he grew it, which is extremely fascinating. Our ceilings are 10 foot. I had to cut two foot off of it just to get it in here, but it's literally touching the ceiling. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous and this is the third year you've had a tree third or from fourth year yeah third or fourth um so it's fascinating to me i had no idea i've always grown up with live trees i just think that they smell so good there's just a great like tradition to going and finding it getting the perfect shape um but we i've always had live trees and i always thought that these trees just grew in that little cone shape i just i yeah. thought that that's how they grow i mean Generally speaking, but they need a lot of work no, and trimming. They're, yeah, not generally speaking. I've seen the ones that he's let go, and they are just not attractive. But yeah. you spend, it, it, what, seven of years of the tree? About seven takes- years from the time I plant it as a sapling. I, I plant between 50 and 100 trees every year. Mm-hmm. Some of them don't make it, but a lot of them do. And then I just give them away to friends and family that come out. And that's why this tree is so special. We actually did a video on this tree because uh, years ago, Jordan was out at the farm with a group of people, and I told a bunch of them, I was like, everybody pick out, I mean, these trees were like this tall at the time, maybe two feet, I was like, everybody pick out a tree, and one day you can come back in a couple years, and that can be your Christmas tree. Yeah. And you selected what at the time was an extremely ugly tree. They got to watch the video to see it. Yeah. It was- uh, and here we are, like five years later, it is a gorgeous tree. Yeah, I mean, truly, I think... 60% of the tree that I picked had no needles on it. Yeah, it was terrible. It, it was <laughs> the worst Charlie Brown tree I'd ever I just seen in my loved life. It. Anyway, you have to check out the video. It'll be on our YouTube channel um, of us with the whole tree process, but just seeing what it looked like. And then obviously we show the whole process of cutting it down, bringing it home. The boys helped. So it was fun. <laughs> getting it on the Jeep and getting it inside and all of it was love. So you go to YouTube channels? Is that what you yep, said? Yep, just our YouTube channel. I love it. So that's great. All things Christmas going on. I know. I'm so pumped. I actually, that's what I want to talk about today is a little Christmas stuff. I know. I'm glad we get to like go into some Christmas, Christmassy content. Me too. I'm pumped. Um, staying on the theme of Christmas, what is your favorite Christmas carol? Is it be a Christmas carol or like or a Christmas song? Christmas hymn, Christmas song, whatever. Um, well, I think there's some obvious like hymns or like just traditional songs, but the one I really like jam to on November 1st is All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Oh, like I just feel every- like it just starts dancing. I know. Everybody loves that. I think I read that she made 
It's like sixty yes. million dollars off that song. Yes, but it's, it's nice. so good. What's yours? Uh, well, I have a couple. When I was a kid, my favorite was uh, I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> okay. I love that. As a kid, I just thought that is so funny. I listened to that one over and over. I didn't understand that song though until I was an adult. Oh, really? That it was his. You thought, it was the dad. Oh. But I just thought like she wanted to get with Santa Claus. Oh my god! <laughs> terrible. I'll scar you as a kid. No, <laughs> that's funny. No, um, but my favorite probably hymn is "Oh Holy Night." Yeah, like of that, on Christmas too. Eve at church, that's what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. I want to hear somebody belt that song out. Mm-hmm. Me too. But Chill I was listening bumps. to it the other day. Uh, the song actually it was written in 1847, so it's like 170 ish mm-hmm. years old, which is old. But what's interesting is the context of the song is is kind of at least some of the context of the song is written about a group of people who have been waiting. So the song is, even the song's 170 years old, it's written about a group of people who lived like 2,000 years ago okay. who were in a season of waiting. And uh, specifically the line that I love is a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Mm-hmm. I love that. A thrill of hope, weary world. a weary world rejoices. I think our world is pretty weary right so now. So weary. And I again, I... I I think this is really important because I think a lot of people came into December not with some triumphant entry, <laughs> but crawling, yeah. like just trying to get to the end of this year. And I think there's going to be a lot of people working through a lot of things over these next couple of weeks. And it's been a difficult year. It's been an exhausting year. It's been a year of waiting and waiting for things to change, thinking, oh, this will only last three months. Oh, this will only last six months. Oh, in eight months, this will all be over. And it just doesn't seem to end. And so I was thinking about that line, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. And you just start with that first big word is thrill. And I love that word, thrill. Like, Yeah, it has about, like energy in it. Yeah, it does. It's like a heart racing, butterfly producing anticipation of something like new and exciting. You know, it's a thrill. Like mm-hmm. I was trying to think, of what the, what's the last time that I felt like a thrill and I think it was several weeks ago when we were in Disney World mm-hmm. at Animal Kingdom and we rode that ride, Flight of Passage. Yeah, it's the Avatar the Avatar ride. ride. Oh my gosh. You feel like you're flying. I don't know how yes. to explain it. I felt so much like I was flying and it, I literally felt that in my stomach, that thrill of, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, it's kind of a rush, right? Yeah. So that's what I think of when I think about a thrill and it says a thrill of hope. So it's like this, this rush yeah, I actually looked hope. up the when you told me the name of the ta- or of the uh, podcast Thrill of Hope. I looked up the definition for thrill, and uh-huh. it's it's a sudden, you know, a Ooh. sudden energy of excitement. It's not just like this elongated process. It's a sudden yeah. moment. It's like out of nowhere. Yeah, unexpected. So yeah, a thrill of hope, unexpected hope, and hope's an interesting thing. Um, there's a place in the Bible that talks about uh, these three will remain: faith, hope, and love. In other words, it's, it's saying that. Um, Everything else eventually fades away. The only thing it doesn't like come or go in our life is faith, hope, and love. The interesting thing about faith is faith is tied to our past, right? So you look mm-hmm. back on your history to, have, to develop your faith. Right. Love is based on the present. It's something you give in this moment. But hope is that thing that kind of draws you towards a better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So hope is based on the future. And what's so tricky about hope Right, and, and I think this is where the tension, this is where a lot of us are. Hope, by definition, includes this waiting period for something that is a future event. Yeah. So you can't have hope without also having 
that feeling of waiting, mm-hmm. right? There's something that you want that you don't yet have. Yeah. And I think the concept of hope means that it's out of your control. Yes. Like the result is out of your control. If you could control it, you don't feel the need for hope, right? You're just confident in your ability or someone else's ability or some, you know, process that's going to take place. But the needing hope means that you can't control it. Um, and a lot of times that that comes in your low moments, right? I mm. heard you yesterday say this line and I have just, it's echoed in me. You said success breeds the illusion of control. Mm. And it's true. that's true. And it's in the, in the moments of success and when we're on high and everything's going up and right, we think that we're in control. But when it's not, we realize we're not in control to begin with. But that's when like the, the realization that we need hope yep. is really present. Yeah, And you, you can't learn to embrace hope without also learning to embrace waiting. Because again, it's hoping for something in the future. So maybe the transformation, the personal transformation you long for, you hope for, it's in the future. It's yet to be realized, right? The financial uptick in the future, the pregnancy that you hope for, that's in the future. The new jobs in the future, the reconciliation of the broken relationship, all that's in the future. You're having to learn to hope and at the same time, wait. And so that's what takes me back to this line, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. So why were they weary? They were weary. These, you know, were in the Old Testament, you had the Israelites, God's people who have been promised that one day there's going to be this Savior and everything is going to change. Everything that is old is going to become new. And so for centuries now, they have been waiting for this promise to be realized, right? Generation after generation, they wait. And the longer that they wait, the more weary they become. Mm-hmm. For 400 years, they're waiting and longing. For 400 years, God's people did not hear a single word mm-hmm. from the person who promised to save them. Which tells you generations went without ever seeing yes. the promise fulfilled. Right. Generation after generation. 400 years equals about 14 generations. So generation after generation after generation after generation is just told, hey, you have, you have to wait. Passing the story of hope. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly where a bunch of us are right now. We're stuck waiting. Now, you haven't been waiting probably 400 years, but it feels like, right, this year feels like 10 years, right? It feels like 10 years. And it's very convicting because I'm listening to that. I get stressed after like four months yeah. of of something not coming to fruition that I expected. I just cannot imagine the a faith and b hope that you'd have to have for these like elongated promises to be fulfilled. Yeah, and that's what's crazy when we think about Christmas. What we celebrate is that promise being fulfilled. We celebrate, at least in the Christian faith, the birth of Jesus, which is awesome. But what we often forget is that there's four hundred years of silence. There's all this waiting that takes place before that. And I think there's some lessons that we can learn from that. Yeah. So for those of you that are waiting, those of you who feel stuck right now, like I just want to give you four things to think about. Because waiting is a mental game. So it, it all starts right here in your mind. And there's some things that I think can really help you if you're kind of stuck waiting. So while you wait, just a couple things to remember. Number one, God's silence does not mean his absence. Mm-hmm. All right? Um, it would have been very easy, I'm sure, Going back to this original text, in the course of those 400 years, you know, four centuries go by to assume that since God is silent, God is absent. But that wasn't the case. If you know, if you know the story at all, if you're to go back and read through scriptures, during that 400 years, God did some really cool things. There's some neat stories that happened there. Mm-hmm. God was at work, but uh, he was silent in the area of this promise. And, and this is tough because for those of us that grew up in religious circles, 
um, we were kind of taught our whole life to listen for the voice of God. Like that's kind of the ultimate. Like as a follower of Christianity, you're like you're taught even as a kid, like to begin to you need to discover what is God's will for your life. Listen to God, right? Mm -hmm. God's going to speak to you through Scripture. God's going to speak to you in other ways, but you need to learn to listen for God. Mm -hmm. So you're prepared your whole life to hear from God. Those moments, yeah. What nobody ever prepares you for is God's silence. Yep. So most of us really freak out when we go through these seasons where we hear nothing from God. And so I think you have to begin to realize just because God's silent doesn't mean he's absent. Mm -hmm. Second thing I would say to remember is God's not doing something to you. Um, It's interesting (laughs) thing about just a human dynamic. We tend to think that when things aren't going the way we want them to go in the time frame that we want them to go, that we are somehow being punished. And isn't that always surrounded with some level of shame? Yes. I think personally, at least in my life, you know, you typically don't think you're being punished unless you think I haven't, you know, lived how I was supposed to live or haven't, I didn't do this right. So I'm not getting this. Like you just think of it in this very childlike way of because I didn't do this, now I'm getting punished and my life is like this, but it almost always infuses some shame that you've felt or experienced in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's your whole life. You're, you're rewarded for your behavior. And so you make the assumption when things aren't going your way that somehow you're being punished. Yeah. And that's not the case. I, I, God's not doing something to He may be doing something for you, but don't make the assumption when you're waiting and longing and trying to build up your hope that somehow God's doing something to yeah. you. I yep. think it's important. That's good. The third thing I wrote down was uh, transformation doesn't happen when you get what you want. <laughs> In other words... Um, And I'm making an assumption here, but I do think the vast majority of us want to see some kind of transformation. We want to we we don't want to think that who we are today is like the end. Like we, I think we're all hoping that we're growing, that we're transforming, that we're changing, and that person that we want to become doesn't happen overnight. It's done. You can't microwave that. No. It's it's a process. Um, Have you have you ever been around a kid? whose parents give them everything they want when they want it? Yes, I have. Yeah, I mean, some of you, maybe that's your parenting style. You give your kids whatever they want when they want it. And I want to say to you, congratulations. Nobody likes your kid. (laughs) Stop. They don't. (laughs) It's true. If a kid gets everything they want when they want it, they're not going to be a pleasant person to be around, right? That, That doesn't build in that kid the kind of characteristics and values that we would say are going to be helpful for them to transition into healthy adulthood. Right, okay. It's just not, right? And so the reality is the person that we really all want to become often happens, is forged in that waiting. There's Mm -hmm. things, even though you don't see things happening right before you, there are things that are happening inside of you that are so important. So I just say that, just remember, it it doesn't take away the pain of having to wait and long and hope for something that has yet to happen. But it's always helpful to me to know, okay, something's going on. Yeah, And what's going on is inside of me. And that's the most important something that could be happening right now. Yeah. And I think you and I have talked about this a lot, but some of our deepest transformation has come from the lowest moments, right? Absolutely. And, and if you were to look at the moment in isolation, you just say, this is the worst. And, but, and, and the thing with transformation is all of this, as we've been talking about, it takes time. Yep. Like we can't, like you said, you can't microwave it, but you know, it took you four plus years to really take, you know, what you would consider one of your lowest moments in your life to 
now just being something that you are built on and have just grown from and are now the healthiest version of yourself that you've ever been, you yeah, know? I and so. yeah. um, I don't know. I just, I, I am such a proponent of, of that, of just optimizing and taking advantage of those moments of learning and growing. And you're right. It's the transformation is so um, dependent upon those, those waiting moments. Yep. Really is. Okay. Fourth thing that I would say uh, to you, to those of you who are waiting and longing and hoping for something that is yet to happen is just because your dream is delayed doesn't mean it's denied. I think this is really important because a lot of people, um, and I'm wired this way. I know you're wired this way. I know a bunch of you are because I talked to a bunch of you. You're wired where you want to do something. It's action. You know, it's like we, we don't like the waiting and sitting. Um, and so we tend to begin to think when we're waiting that we're doing nothing. But waiting um, is actually often the most important thing you can do because what's happening is you are learning to long and hope for things that have yet to happen in your life. And that's so important, right? You need that, that ability to learn how to hope for something that hasn't happened. So go, going back to that story in Scripture, you know, that very first Christmas, you have this group of people who have waited for 400 years, 14 generations. 14 generations, it's not that they weren't doing anything. In fact, for 14 generations, they are learning how to teach each other to hope for that which yet has not happened, Mm -hmm. right? So 14 generations, they're teaching their kids, hey, have hope for this thing. No, you can't see it. No, it hasn't happened, but you got to hope for it. Mm -hmm. And I I think about that right now because... For my boys, one of the most important things I feel like I'm doing for them in this season is teaching them to hope. You know, um, my kids, like if you have kids right now, your kids have been impacted by COVID and there's been so much that's been taken away from them. My Mm -hmm. oldest went to play college football and his season's canceled. It's what he's hoped for for so long. He's worked so hard for that. My kids have school canceled. They have functions that are canceled. Everything's kind of turned upside down. And so the tendency for all of us, but especially if you're a kid, the tendency is to focus on what's being taken away. Oh, yeah. So what we have to constantly do, correct me if I'm wrong here, Jordan, is remind them of some of the things that this season has actually provided for them, not just what this season has taken away from them. Mm-hmm. And so it's teaching them the hope for the future that will be different than the present. And keeping hope alive is so important because when you keep hope alive, what happens is your eyes are open. So your eyes are constantly scanning and seeking uh to, to, to see what's going to happen on the horizon of your life. And uh, because often that thing that you hope for, when it finally comes along, it's going to look a little different than you visualized. So again, back to the story. For 400 years, you're longing and waiting for this promised Savior. It comes, my guess, in a very different form than what many of them were expecting. Yeah. They weren't looking for a baby born in a barn to a peasant couple. Right, But because they kept hope alive, their eyes were open, they're seeking, they're scanning, they're able to pick up on the hope that that moment brought. Yeah, it, it's, it's like the incremental steps toward what that end goal mm-hmm. might be or what that final thing may be. It reminds me of just that concept of like the lamp before my feet. Lamp, yeah. you know? um, it's like you, when you have those eyes and you have that heart, you're, you can see very it's it's not far off right Right. you can see like your next step or you can see the hope in the next move um it's not the 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 spotlight 10 years from now but you see the lamp into my feet so it's like i can see 
this small thing that gives me hope for maybe the next thing and the yep. next progression and the next, you know, maybe it's like your son that you no longer talk to texts you once, mm. you know, it's not the reconciled relationship, but the hope of what yep. could be the reconciled relationship. I don't know. I just yeah, think that's I, interesting. I often kind of, you know, I'm so visual. I visualize hope is being able to see the very faint light that's off in the distant darkness. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's not exactly what it is you're hoping and longing for, but it gives you that hope to keep moving forward. And so I'm, I'm not going to pretend to know today what some of you are hoping and longing for. Um, my guess is for some of you, it's, again, a relationship that needs to be reconciled. For some of you, you want nothing more than to get pregnant. Uh, for some of you, maybe it's to get married or have a significant relationship. Maybe it's a job thing, a financial thing. Health. Health. Who knows? But we just wanted today encourage you and say, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't walk away. Uh, do the most important thing you can do right now, which is to exercise hope in the midst of not having what it is that you really desire. Think about this. And I, I've been taught this lesson by a friend of mine, um, Jenna, who I had some, something I was excited about and I was scared to get excited about it. And because I was, I was scared to get excited because I didn't want to let myself down if nothing happened mm -hmm. or if it didn't come through. It's the same with hope. Like, why would you not have, the, like, why would you not intentionally try as hard as it may be to have hope? The, the opposite of that is fear and anxiety and all the, you know, hopelessness. And that's in, mm. in your control, yep. you know, mentally. I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying that, you know, anything like that is, is just easy to flip a switch and be like, okay, I have hope. Right. But like, why would you take that from yourself? You have the choice to say, sure. I want to have hope. Or the opposite is is just punishment to you and your life and the people around you. I don't know. Again, I'm not pretending that any of that is easy, but I, her point to me was, Jordan, excitement is one of the best emotions you can have. Yeah. You might experience some disappointment, but let yourself feel excitement. You know. So I yeah, think that's the same great. with hope. Yeah. So again, there's a four things I would say to just remember in your mind. God's silence doesn't mean his absence. God's not doing something to you, but he might be doing something for you. Transformation doesn't happen when we get what we want. And just because your dream is delayed doesn't mean it's denied. It's good. Yeah. I love it. Well, I hope Hopefully it's helpful. It's a season of hope. Um, and I know for us, like I can think of people in my life who might need hope right mm. now. Um, and in moments in my life when I needed that message or I just needed something relevant to what I was going through, people sharing things with me was so helpful. So if you know of somebody um, this season, I just think we all have somebody in our hearts that um, we know needs encouragement. So please feel free to share this with them. Um, I just think that that's it for me in my life when people shared things with me. It not only made me feel cared for and seen, but it just gave me a message that I needed yeah. in my darkest moments. So um, please feel free to share this with, with your friends and family. Yeah, and I think that's what's part of what's making this Good Talk community. I know it's new, but I'm already seeing it like come together. Like for us, this, is, this was a hope yeah. that it, it would turn out to be this community of people. And we're seeing that people, you know, are not only, you know, rating and subscribing, which is so important, but they're sharing it. And that's what's, that, that was our hope and our dream. Yeah. And we're starting to get emails from people who we never knew who were like, hey, so-and-so told me about this and I listened and had this impact on my life. And I just love hearing those stories. So thank you guys so much. Uh, for sharing and um, you know just giving this content away because that's that's our heart that's yeah, our desire for sure absolutely yep 
So just a reminder, if you're interested in Dreamier, go to theplaceforgood.com. You click on Dreamier. It's also in links in both of our Instagram bios. Um, and also our Give Good initiative, Venmo, good-talk. Um, we cannot wait to do some good with you it's guys. That's kind of our whole heartbeat with this um, podcasting community. So please make sure to do that if you're interested. I love it. And we hope you guys have a great week. I'll leave you with this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor. And more than ever, may he give you his peace.